Hi, everyone. We're conducting an audience survey, and we'd be really grateful if you could take just a few minutes and answer a few questions. Please visit survey.prx.org happiness to take the survey today. That's survey.prx.org happiness. Thank you. The Science of Happiness is brought to you by Progressive, one of the country's leading providers of auto insurance. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you say what kind of coverage you're looking for and how much you want to pay, and Progressive will help you find options that fit within your budget. Use the Name Your Price tool and start an online quote today at Progressive.com. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My dad was going to college for football, but then he was hit by a drunk driver, and he broke his hip and wasn't able to play again. In elementary school, I played flag football. I played with pretty much all the guys. I was a team captain. I was responsible for like making the playbook, and my dad would help me with that. Before one of our big games, he was really excited for me to be able to play in that game and to do well, which I did. And then I came home from the game and found out that he had passed. I was in third grade. I continued playing that season after he passed, and it was something that I played to feel connected to him. When it came to high school, freshman year I tried to play, but I didn't get any emails about how I could play, like the summer workouts, and then I was just afraid sophomore and junior year. I guess I thought people would think that I'd do it for attention or something like that. I was just scared of what people would think and it sounds really silly thinking about it now. Senior year, it was so important to me to be able to play football, really just get that connection one last time. Because it's not like I can go and join a college football team. And I knew that if he was still with us, he would want me to do it. So when I put the pads on and then I slipped the practice jersey over him, I felt like a football player. Like that was the first time that I felt like I could fit in and it was harder for people to pick me out amongst the guys just because we all wore the same uniform, we all looked the same. And it was in that like uniformity that I felt my dad, he had been a part of that too. It's kind of like a tingly feeling that you get like a wave just kind of washes over you and you're like, I'm not necessarily alone or he would be happy that I did this or like, I hope I'm making him proud. Grace Arevalo became the first girl to play on the line in her high school football team's history. Before she headed off to college, she stopped by to be our happiness guinea pig. In every episode of our show, we have a guest try out a research-based practice designed to boost happiness, resilience, kindness, or connection, and then we dive into the science behind why it actually works. Grace, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. So, Grace, you've had this very unusual and enduring and deep sports experience in high school. So you played football? I did. What position? I was on the line, O-line and D-line. Seriously? Yeah. What was that like? It was exhilarating. <laughs> it's something that I'd never thought I would really do. And Wait a minute. Let me back up. You use the word exhilarating. Yes. What do you mean? It's a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially during games. There's this one time, it was my third game that season, and I was playing on the D-line, and I broke through. Like, I got through the line. <laughs> like, I didn't get a sack or anything or a tackle, but I got through. Did you, like, push some guy to the side? and? Yeah, I just split him and then just went right up through. Felt exhilarating in that moment? Yeah, 
it was like, wow, I'm an actual football player now. Like, I'm not just a punch bag. <laughs> I played rugby. I'd been in a scrum before, so I yeah. knew what physicality was. Yeah. But it's different when you're going against guys who are, like, have the whole, like, testosterone boost thing, and they're, like, trying to prove their, like, masculinity and stuff by knocking you on the ground. And this experience I had where I was, like, thrown on the ground and then was, like, trash-talked, basically. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what no. What did the guy say? He was like, come at me, bro, like that kind of thing, like get up, your helmet's squeaky clean, like you don't get playing time, boy, and stuff like that. He didn't know I was a girl, and he didn't find out till after the game. So it was definitely like an awakening for me. I was like, oh, like I, I have to like actually hit this guy now. Like, I got to go back. Uh-huh. So Grace, how's this sports experience shaped who you are? Sports has taught me discipline, self-confidence, mm-hmm. teamwork, your a part of a team and everybody has to contribute in order for this to work. Yeah. And learning how to work with people who you might not agree with. Yeah. But you have to be able to perform alongside them in order for the team to do well. Yeah. Sports definitely is an avenue for like, I guess, navigating life. Like it teaches you so many different lessons that are applicable in the real world and not just on the playing field. Yeah. One of the really interesting properties of our podcast is we offer people these exercises that science has tested and looked at, and it tends to, in rigorous scientific tests, give people a little boost in happiness. And what's interesting to us is why people choose particular practices. And you chose the purpose challenge. Mm -hmm. We know from a lot of interesting survey data, and I actually find it a real deep source of optimism that younger people like you they're really more interested in purpose than making a lot of money. If I were just to ask you, like, what does purpose mean to you as a teenager going off to college, what would you say? Yeah, I was actually having this conversation with a friend last night about, like, careers and whatnot. And, yeah. like, she was saying that her goal was to find, like, happiness and just be happy with what she's doing. And that's kind of where I see our generation going, like, really trying to find a purpose with, not only their lives, but with what they can do for others and yeah. how they can really make their mark on the world. Nice. Sort of a shift. Just be thinking about how your work orients to the well-being of others. Exactly. So looking outside of ourselves for a purpose. Why did you pick the Purpose Challenge? Yeah, I chose the Purpose Challenge because it was yeah. geared towards young people yeah. to really understand like how other people my age think or like what people think that we think about. I think going off to college and whatnot, there's a lot of change that's happening in my life. And so finding like a purpose and like a goal to strive for, like amongst all like the chaos that comes with the change is definitely something that uh, I've been looking for. And so doing the purpose challenge has definitely helped. I think I've spent a lot of my adolescence defining myself based on the different roles I've played. So like being an older sister or like being the responsible like person in the family kind of thing. I had to grow up pretty fast and become more of an, like a super older sibling slash parental influence. And so being able to move across the country and have like a blank slate and be able to redefine myself is definitely something that is new and is scary, but it's also like liberating at the same time. You know, it's so interesting you say that, Grace, because, you know, when I teach at college and the seniors who are graduating are sad to be leaving college, but there's this deeper question of, you know, what's the purpose that they're heading toward? So it's yeah. good that you're thinking about this now. So tell me about the practice. What did you do? 
Yeah. So the practice is a series of six days worth of activities that go from emailing mentors to analyzing different videos and quotes and just really taking the information that you gained from those and applying them to your future. I think the first activity was the one that really struck me, and that was just emailing a couple adults in my life who I respected and I wanted to hear like what they had in mind for me and like talking about my strengths, my weaknesses, where they see me going. Yeah. And so I did that with Coach Banks. Why did you choose your coach? I chose my coach because he's a very well-respected person on campus. Has a little bit of fear that he produces in his players. Yes. But lovable. Fierce. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely lovable if you get to see that side of him. Like, he's the dean of academics, so he's in charge of punishing people. So there's kind of like the whole fear factor when you get a note from him or when you have to speak to him. But, yeah, getting to know him by playing for him, having conversations with him during the season, I really got to see a different side of him. And, yeah, he's become almost like an uncle figure in my oh. life. Yeah. That's really cool. Let's hear a bit about what Coach Banks thought your strengths and weaknesses are. I think her talents are in the fact that, like, and usually people hear the term coachable and they think of, like, someone who's just kind of brainless. Um, I think it was someone who's able to take instruction and apply it directly, um, which I think is not an easy skill for people to have, and I say that as a talent for her. I think her strengths are her own character, how she handles situations and deals with things. I think she has to put herself in a position to where she can be a leader. I don't know if she always does that. Um, I think she has a tendency to kind of stand off and kind of let things happen and then slowly work her way in. Um, I think, she's, like I said, if she was a tiny bit more assertive, I think it would be completely different for her. I think if you take that attitude, you will be very, very successful in what you want to do. Grace, what was it like to hear your coach's thoughts about you? It was definitely moving. It was very powerful because a lot of the stuff he said that were my weaknesses was stuff that I definitely see as my weaknesses, too, and stuff that I've been wanting to improve upon was his goals for me. So one was, I think you should be a little bit more assertive. Yes, being more assertive. Because you're understated and modest. Yeah. So is going on a podcast a form of being assertive? I, I would say so, <laughs> yes. This is definitely out of character for me. What struck you about that comment? Part of the reason I didn't join football earlier, which is one of my regrets, was because I was scared of what other people would think. Yeah. And I think becoming more assertive definitely would have helped me then, like if I didn't care. Yeah. And I knew most of the guys anyway, so I don't know why I cared particularly. But I think if I had been more assertive in those moments years ago, then I would want to say I would be almost a different person now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. They've done studies of what makes for great presidents, mm -hmm. and they kind of figure out the qualities and the social things they do. And, you know, you take people like Abe Lincoln, who are modest and come from a poor background and navigated this really complicated time. And one of the unifying themes for great presidents is they're assertive. You know, they may not feel it, but they try stuff. They're bold. And I would say playing football is pretty bold, Grace. <laughs> well, I think from playing football and like seeing the community's reaction where it was just basically all support, I think I definitely gained a lot of confidence. Wow. And so I see myself definitely being more assertive in the future because that's one of my goals for college is to like take advantage of different opportunities that I have and not let it slip away like I did with the years that I could have spent playing football. Yeah. You know, part of this purpose challenge is so important, not only for young people, but throughout life is to go to trusted people and have them give you feedback about where you are and where you're going. And 
you sought out some sort of just opinions of Coach Banks. I think he used the word, you're really coachable, which I take to be a, a very deep form of praise, which is, you know, hey, there's this team and this system and you're part of it, right? You're part of something bigger than yourself. Did his words sort of stir a sense of purpose in you or make you feel like, yeah, I, I'll, that I'll do. I'll work on that one. Yeah. So one of the things he said for me, like what he sees me doing, I think, in the future, he talked a lot about like playing a leadership role. And yeah. that's something that I've always kind of inspired to do. I'm a toe dipper when it comes to getting into the pool and like taking on more responsibility and like becoming yeah. a leader. And when he talked about me possibly like starting a nonprofit or yeah. like running some company, I was like, yeah, you know, I could probably do this. It gave me a sense of confidence and a confidence boost going forward and looking into careers and looking into like future career aspirations. Yeah. So you said earlier, like the experience, you did it a couple days, this sort of purpose challenge and writing about it getting, is it sort of staying with you and did it shift your feelings in any ways? I think the purpose challenge has helped me recognize not necessarily my individual purpose, but like different purposes that I could have or different purposes that I could serve. It's opened my eyes to different avenues of not necessarily career, but of different things that I think I would be good at. So trying something new in terms of a major or encouraging me to take a different class that I might not take or just being more outgoing almost because it's helped me to self-analyze and be able to take what I've learned from that and hopefully apply it to the future. And so giving me a purpose in that sense. But yeah, I have a good feeling that this challenge and exercise will stick with me. Well, Grace, I have a very distinct feeling that you're going to be giving a lot of purpose to other people around you. So it's been a delight to have you on our show and to get the voice of such a thoughtful, assertive, or increasingly assertive, and uh, deep and kind person. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hiring the right team for your business can be a long and arduous process. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time, and you only pay for what you need. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com happiness. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com happiness. Indeed.com happiness. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. We know from science that giving to others, especially those in need, can make us happier as a community. Unbound is an international nonprofit that partners with families living in extreme poverty, empowering them to become self-sufficient and fulfill their desired potential. When you sponsor a child, young adult, or elder through Unbound, you invest in personalized benefits that support goals chosen by the sponsored individual and their family. Unbound sends more than $100 million each year to support families in under-resourced countries. You can make a real and direct impact, offering hope, in the life of someone when they need it most. Partner with a new friend today at unbound.org slash happiness. So Grace did a happiness practice that I think is on a lot of young people's minds and really people of any age, which is what is their purpose in life? And she 
went through this interesting process of inquiry where she kind of took stock of what her values and strengths are. She got some feedback from her cherished coach and then she integrated into her identity. She really was doing a practice that's based on a lot of neat new science on what we call purpose or what is your core value and how you're applying it in a situation. Or you might even broaden out and talk about it in terms of meaning, which is what is the animating value or purpose or strength that really is driving your life narrative forward. The Purpose Challenge was developed by Kendall Cotton-Bronk, a professor of psychology at Claremont Graduate University. She studies how young people discover their purpose. We have a lot of research that finds that leading a life of purpose is associated with all kinds of physical indicators of health, things like better cardiovascular functioning, better sleep, even longevity. People with purpose are happier, they're more satisfied with their lives. And then it's also associated, even particularly with adolescence, with indicators of academic success. So things like grit and resilience and self-efficacy. The second clear finding is that the experience is pretty rare. Actually, most young people do not report leading a life of purpose. Only about one in 10 early adolescents report leading a life of purpose. So in our lab, we were looking at those two findings, you know, leading a life of purpose is a good thing, but it's actually a pretty rare experience. Kendall discovered some really interesting findings in her studies with young people. One thing that really surprised us in our research on purpose was that gratitude was actually a means to fostering purpose. We created and tested a toolkit, and that became the basis of the Purpose Challenge. We also tested a second toolkit, though, and this toolkit had activities that didn't ask anything about goal setting, nothing about your values or what you wanted out of life, none of that. Instead, the activities were all around gratitude. And so we had young people do things like, you know, every day for one week, write down three good things that happened to you today. We had them write a gratitude letter to somebody who, you know, had really helped them in their lives. It actually fostered purpose slightly better than the purpose fostering toolkit. And I think the reason is that, you know, when young people or anybody really spends time thinking about the blessings in their lives and the people who have blessed them, they're sort of naturally inclined to start to think about how they want to give back and how they want to use their skills to contribute. And that can take the shape of pursuing a purpose in life. If you or your kids would like to try the Purpose Challenge, go to PurposeChallenge.org, where you'll find lots of tips and information on discovering your purpose. And then call us at 510-519-4903 and let us know how it went. I'm Dacher Keltner. Thanks for joining me for the Science of Happiness. Our podcast is a co-production of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and PRI, with production assistance from Jenny Cataldo and Ben Manila BMP Audio. Our producer is Jane Bach. Production assistant is Lee Mingistu. Executive producer is Jason Marsh. Special thanks to UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. Our original music is by David Michelle Ruddy. You can learn more about the science of happiness and find related articles, videos, quizzes, all kinds of stuff on our website, greatergood.berkeley.edu. And shoot us an email. Tell us what you think about what you heard. Send it to greater at berkeley.edu.